0: I thought I'd show you a picture of a thank you note, um, in case some of you don't know what those are. It's interesting how they have become less and less used, huh? We used to see those all the time. Uh, Not to create any guilt, but when was the last time you wrote one? I'd have to really rack my brain for me. Does it matter? Are they just an old tradition that's fading away? And if it dies, is that okay? Or are they important? We uh, start today a new sermon series. I've entitled it, Changed by Jesus. And it's really helping us um, get ready for Easter and head towards Easter. Um, We're going to look at a number of different people that Jesus encountered in these last weeks, Uh, we know very much He was aware of what was coming, and and we're told in in the Gospels that He set His eyes towards Jerusalem. He knew this was a plan of God, and He knew that plan, and He made this intentional decision to head towards Jerusalem, and He knew the cross. But in the process, this wasn't like He made a straight line. He, he wandered around and encountered a variety of people, and I think it'll benefit us to look at who he encountered and who he took the time to notice, to interact with, oftentimes to touch. And in that process, one of the things we're going to see is none of them were ever the same. After they encountered Jesus, they were not the same, and my belief is that is a lesson for us. That even today, if we encounter Jesus, if we get close to him and listen to him and let him speak into our lives, in some ways let him touch us, we too will never be the same. I think there will be lessons for us. Because the truth is, I firmly believe that if we encounter Jesus, he can change the whole direction of our lives. And we're going to see how he did that for some people in the Gospels as he was heading towards Jerusalem. Today we're going to look at a story of ten people, not just one person, but ten people who he encountered and how he did indeed change their lives, drastically change their lives. The story is told for us in Luke, it's only in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, and I'm going to first read 11 through 14, but then keep your finger there because we're going to come back and read some more. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went they were cleansed, they were healed. Now we need to understand a little bit of what was going on there. Leprosy does still exist today, but it is extremely rare. And that was not the case in the first century. Leprosy in the first century was a death sentence. It could not be healed. It was fatal. And it was a terrible disease gradually your body would literally die while you're still living in it. You would lose fingers, you would lose toes, you would lose ears, you would lose part of your nose. Your body would slowly die and you couldn't do a thing about it. But the other thing about leprosy, it was that it was extremely contagious. And so as soon as anyone was diagnosed with leprosy, they were basically banished. And there were very strict laws that they could not come into contact with anyone. They couldn't be in the city. And so you had groups of lepers like these ten men who would live together to help each other as they were dying. And they would just live out in the country, out in the wilderness. And if anybody was coming, it was their responsibility to to get away from them. And we see in this story, that is why they yell at Jesus from a distance. They could not come near, and there were specific laws about how many feet they had to stay away from all other people. So they couldn't even come near the crowd around Jesus. So they had to yell to get Jesus' attention. So here you have Jesus traveling, entering this village. I'm sure there were other disciples, people around him. And here somewhere pretty far away, but so they could be understood, obviously, was this group of ten men yelling for Jesus. Hey, Jesus, Master, please have mercy on us. The interesting thing is how Jesus changed their lives. Most of the other times Jesus heals people, we see him interact with them directly. He talks to them. He touches them. He puts his finger in their ears. He makes some mud and spreads it on their eyes. All of those interactions, Jesus doesn't do that. I don't think because he was afraid to touch them, I think Jesus had no problem with that, as we're going to see, he can handle leprosy. Probably the crowd would have freaked out if he said, lepers, come on over here. The crowd would just, But for whatever reasons, Jesus just says to them, probably has to yell at them, they're some distance away, go to the priest and be inspected. So th- there, there's this whole background of that because what you did, if you were ever cured of leprosy, there was a whole regimen the priest had that you had to go to the priest and he would inspect you so that he would certify you are indeed cured, healed, which means you can rejoin your family, you can be around people, you can go home. But that couldn't happen just because I said, I, I'm, I'm clean, I'm cured. You had to go to the priest and get certified. So Jesus doesn't say, you're healed. He doesn't say, you know, the Lord take it. He just says, go to the priest. The implication being, they knew what that meant. You're going to be healed. But they w- notice they weren't healed then. What Luke says there, what we read is, as they went... They were cleansed. So Jesus says, go to the priest. I'm one of the ten lepers standing here. I still am missing some fingers, some toes, whatever. I know I've still got leprosy. And he says, go to the priest to be inspected as one who's cleansed. Do you go? Seriously, do you go? Because I'm, I'm not cleansed. Why waste my time? But they went. And it says that act of faith, they went, and as they walked, they were cleansed. They were healed. Can you imagine that? Suddenly it's like, my finger's back. My other finger's back. My thumb's back. I I, I can't, My, my nose is back. As they walked, they were cleansed. Jesus changed their lives forever. But I don't think we have this story recorded for us in the Gospels just about the miracle. In fact, I think this story is in here for us for way more than just the miracle. Because we really need to go and read uh, the next part of the verse. If you look down... At um, 15 through 19, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. So let, let's stop there for just a second. So this guy isn't even get to the priest. The rest, they're going to the priest to be certified as healed. But as he's walking and he's seeing his body come back, he is so overwhelmed, he stops. He says, forget the priest. He can do that later. He runs back because he wants to find Jesus and thank him and, re- and just spend more, you know, be, i got to be with this guy. Look what he has done to me and to my life. So then in verse 17, Jesus says, Uh, We're not all cleansed? All ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, the Samaritan, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. It's interesting that only one of the ten returned to say thank you to Jesus. They were all walking to the priest together. They all saw their bodies being healed. But the nine went on ahead. He returned to Jesus to say, thank you. He was grateful. He understood that it was Jesus who was responsible for him being healed. And he wanted to express that to Jesus. But I think he wanted to be near Jesus. This one who had totally changed his life He understood that there was more to this than just a one-time healing. That this man, Jesus, he wanted to be around him more. What about the other nine? Well, they were healed. And there's no evidence that their healing went away because they didn't come back and say thank you. I think had that happened, that probably would have been recorded for us. I think all the evidence would say they all were, ten were healed. But only one chose to come back to find Jesus and to say thank you. So, what is that greater lesson for us? One of the things, I want to look at it both ways, at the nine and the and the one. I'd like to first look at the nine because I think there is a cost in gratitude. And I want you to think about that for a minute with me. They got their healing. They got what they wanted, and that was their behavior. I got what I wanted from Jesus. I'm done with Him. But what they didn't realize is they missed the even greater gift, and that was Jesus Himself. Not just in their healing from leprosy, but in going back to be with Jesus, to listen to Him, to be in touch with Him, to see their faith grow, I think there was an even greater gift waiting for them, and that was the Jesus who could heal their leprosy. And they could have had both, to not only be healed, but in returning to Jesus, to have more of Him. For the future, for whatever might come, but for the nine of them, they had Jesus and they were done and He was gone and they were gone the other way. The interesting thing is God blesses us all. We are all those lepers in some way. In Matthew, Jesus says, God causes His rain, His sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is blessing and He's blessing all of us. The question is, are we grateful? Do we not just receive God's healing, God's blessing, God's gifts, and go about our way enjoying them? Do we take the time to also come to Him and say, Thank you. Thank you for what you have given me. Thank you for healing me. You see, in many ways, gratitude is a meter on our heart. How's our heart doing? Well, how grateful are we? Do we take the time to say thank you? Or do we just take the blessings of God and, and go about enjoying them like these nine did? Is life all about me? That's what those nine said by their actions. I got what I wanted, it's, I, I'm out of here. I just want to enjoy what I have. See, I think there is, there are some rewards in gratitude. That gratitude is important. It's something that we should monitor and build into our lives. Because the one who returned to Jesus not only was healed as all, he also came back and he encountered Christ. And to have his faith grow, not just absorbed in himself and his gift and his answered prayer, but to get to know this man who can heal the body and to follow Him. I think we need to be challenged by that one man to not just accept God's gifts and answered prayers but to also return to Him to spend time with Him. We all, we all struggle with that, don't we? Just look at our prayer lives. I would suspect that most of us are guilty too often of asking for something and we pray for something and when it's answered we're not nearly as frequent in all of the prayers of saying thank you for doing that thank you for doing that or even taking time to thank god for the blessings that we have every day that is so easy to take care uh, take for granted the rain that's there the life that's there our health Our families, our jobs, whatever it is that those are those blessings, but taking the time to return to Jesus and say, thank you. One of which, it draws us closer to Jesus. It causes us to put our focus on Him and not just that answered prayer. It reminds us that we do need Him. We are dependent on God. We don't go through life alone. And that returning to say thank you brings that back to us and keeps our life in focus. That we are dependent on God. And He is faithful and good. And we need those reminders constantly. So I would ask you today, what do you need? Where are you in this story? You see, I would say we are all lepers in one way or another. And it's okay to come to Jesus and ask. Christ Himself tells us that God is a good Father who delights in giving gifts to His children. So there's nothing wrong to be the one who stands at a distance and says, Jesus, please have mercy on me. I just want you to think today, what is it you're asking for Jesus to do for you? He enjoys blessing. He enjoys answering. But as God takes care of us, as God helps us, as He sustains us as we wait, and it's hard, are we like the one or are we like the nine? Will we be the one who returns and says, thank you? Spending time in worship, saying thank you. Spending time in our prayers, thanking God. Is it as we give our offering and we gladly, as Carrie teases us, we rejoice, we laugh, it's hilarious to be able to give back to God because He's given to us. And we're thankful. We're the one who returns and says thanks. Thanks as we've talked the last few weeks about being blessed, is it as we take our blessings and we say thank you by using our blessings to bless others, then we become that one leper. And I think in returning to God and spending time in gratitude with Him, we discover that God has so much more He wants to show us. He wants to give us he wants to teach us more blessings. He wants to show upon, shower upon us as we are that one who returns to say thank you. We can run away with the one gift we wanted and enjoy that gift. But my belief is if we do that, we miss out on so much more God wants to do in our lives. We've delayed communion today because I believe communion is a time for gratitude. We are all lepers. And we have this fatal disease. It's called sin. And it slowly kills, and it can't be healed. Not by us, not by other humans but it can be healed by Jesus. And that same Jesus who said to those not ten, go to the priest, says to us, I have died for you. If you come to me, I want to be your savior. I want my death to pay for your sins. And so as we take communion, we, we take that bread that reminds us of his broken body, And that juice that reminds us of the blood he shed on the cross. And realize that we are those lepers. We have been healed by this same Jesus who died for us. And that fatal diagnosis is gone. We're cleansed. And I thought it would be so appropriate today to have communion be a time of gratitude. And so we're going to sing a song and then the servers are going to pass the elements and I would urge you to just take that bread, take that juice and hold it for a moment and spend some time thanking Jesus for what he did for you, for his brokenness and his death. And may this be a time when we all express our gratitude to Jesus for how he has healed us of our death sentence. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing, and then you'll have some time to be grateful as you take those symbols of his body and blood. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are still in the business of healing. Because we are just like those lepers. And we were dying in our sin. And there was nothing we could do to stop it. And in your great mercy, you've heard us yell out, have mercy, Jesus, and you have. You died on the cross for us. That all of that sin could be gone. And we thank you. We're sorry it was so painful that you had to die for us. But we are so grateful that you did. Thank you for this time when we can sit and remember and each express our own gratitude to you. I pray this in your name.